Welcome to episode 141 of the Book Wars Pod. This is where the fun begins. Just now. We did it! Just now the fun begins, because for once in a row... I mean, this is a high point. There's like <laughs> It's not going to get better than this. We should just quit. It's the same thing. All right. Thank you for listening <laughs> to this episode. Yeah. Be sure to donate. Um, I'm Chris. For as In, in case you have not been following our running uh, accounting of my inability to remember how this podcast works. I did not also, interrupt Kristen that time. That's how we remember it's you. <laughs> he was saying why it was notable that we paused. Oh, I thought he was like... <laughs> also was notable that a man paused. Yes, people but... didn't know who he was. <laughs> did you... I love how you stopped listening. <laughs> to the podcast there's one person talking and you were not listening to him listen to be fair i did that once and then i accused burb of talking about the confederation so listen burb knew that our content was not going to get better than that i i respect it i respect her honesty i i'm a woman of the people okay the people who also don't listen to our podcast Correct. There Excellent. are a lot of them. Excellent. Most people, you could say. Yes, I think that's a fair <laughs> fact. Statistically, most people do not listen to our podcast. But like, if you want to, cool. Glad we're here, or glad you're here. I'm not so glad that we're here. I'm yeah. sorry. Let me like Sol- solidly mediocre on the fact that we're here, but <laughs> maybe less than that. I don't think the people who don't listen can hear you, Rob. <laughs> oh, I'm aware, but you know. Just didn't want people who do listen to think we hate them. I don't know. Now I felt weird. All right, let me drink. Listen, some water we don't want the people who don't shit. listen to feel left out. We want to. We want to have some content for them too. That content is our silence. When we exactly. skip, that's the content for people who don't listen. It's like a birthday present to the world. <laughs> that made sense. Is the world just it like? It did. No, I understood what you're saying. Is the world one of those kids that like they just always had a shitty birthday and they hate it now? <laughs> What, like a Christmas birthday? Yeah. Or just like (laughs) shitty parents' birthday. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I don't like you either. (laughs) Yeah, now I'm going to go cry and... um... Yeah, it's got too real. (laughs) I made it too real. That's on me. Uh, My parents are visiting in a week, and it's the first time I've seen them in a year and a half. Can you tell it's on my mind? Anyway. Are you going to like steadily unload little bits of childhood trauma in each (laughs) podcast? Probably. Probably. It is. It's also therapy I mean, that is Star Wars. So like it's it's all it's all bubbled up. Um, I am Chris. I, as you can hear, I am here with Rana, Miranda, and Kristen. And we're here discussing, once again, The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. Uh, I think, I, I feel like we have already gotten started, but what is everybody drinking? Let's start with um, Kristen. Let's go, let's go crazy with it today. Okay. Um, I'm drinking the same thing I was drinking last week, which is the Fort George, uh... Wait, wait three-way ipa which is very delicious um but more importantly i am drinking one of my new favorite things which is 
seltzer water with a hint of root beer flavor, <laughs> which oh. is great because then who is she? Uh, I mean, it's I believe it's our f- friends at Fizz, Fizz and Co, the Kroger brand, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like a regular seltzer, but it kind of tastes like root beer. And I, they make one that kind of tastes like Dr. Pepper also. And I am solidly into it. Cause I, I know this is a dumb this. question, but does it taste like good root beer? Or does it taste <laughs> like fluoride rinse in elementary school root beer? What kind of root beer did uh, you No one else had root beer flavored school? fluoride rinse? No. No, we had fluoride okay. in our water. Again, central Massachusetts. <laughs> we have fluoride in our water now. Thank you. But, uh, but no, you guys didn't have someone come into school like with a little tray of fluoride things you had to swish around your mouth twice a week? Uh-uh. No. What? Okay. Nope. Well, we did, and the worst <laughs> flavor was root beer, and I was always like, wow, I hope I never have root beer that tastes like this, so that's why I asked. But apparently I, I, this is an only a Rana experience. So I think regular root it. beer... <laughs> well, but, I think there's good root beer, and then there's yeah. like okay root beer, well, and then there's I, like the fluoride rinse. To be fair, drink. this is a replacement for soda, so yes. just please take it as that. But I quite enjoy it and find it. It, I mean, it's kind of like that. If you've ever had the um, Lacroix, that kind of tastes like Diet Coke. It's kind of like that. I like did. They have a cola. They have what a cola weird ass shit are they I doing in Portland? With, with no, seltzers. It's a real thing. They have it at the Harris Teeter in Potomac Yard. Or almost yeah, in Potomac Yard. it's a real Yard. thing. Here, if you want a, a seltzer that kind of tastes like ginger beer, or actually that kind of tastes like a Moscow Mule, highly recommend Polar's... Um, oh, the ginger no, lime The bitch. ginger mule. Yeah, yes, and the one that is yes. now a regular flavor. That shit is so good. It's Anyways, so it wouldn't be good. a podcast if I didn't, you know, shout out Polar. But. Shout out Polar. No, I, and shout out ginger... Just any ginger-flavored sparkling yes. water, because I love ginger-flavored sparkling so water. It's so good. I'm so having good. my mom bring me some when she drives out here. I love ready. that. Also, stick it in the freezer when it's halfway done. Ooh. Then use it. And, yeah. Oh, man. And that's the weekly recipe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, been, that's been soda talk. <laughs> now I just... Uh, I really just want to log off, go to the store, and buy some seltzer. Fuck. Don't, I'm just you drinking guys have... fucking regular-ass flat water over here like a uh. chump. <laughs> Oh, huh. that's okay. Chris is drinking water. What are you drinking, Miranda? You have a Maryland koozie as usual. So this is the end of a can of Fresca that I pulled, finally pulled out of my trunk this morning. Soda Talk Part 2? From Sunday. I think technically they're advertising themselves as like a, a sparkling water these days, but I'm like, they're definitely a soda. <laughs> this is a grapefruit soda. Um, I, I do have... see the can behind you. Or the box behind you of Fresca. Very exciting. <laughs> Great product placement. It's like when I had that polar box there for two months. <laughs> um, I also have some whiskey. It's um, Burnside, our friends here in Portland. Their West End blend. It's just a whiskey blend, but it's fantastic. Nice. Ronna, Ronna how about you? Ronna, you want to go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. Um, I don't know. I apologize for how, like energetic i am today something happens to me at this time of year until like the middle of july when the days are this long where i'm just like woo all the time my whole life so sorry i haven't even started drinking so yay hopefully it will calm me down um anyways i am drinking a susanna spine slinger by odell brewing it's a sour ale brewed with watermelon prickly pear and lime uh, i know chris just saw this because i gave one to kate um, it's only 6%, so don't worry. I'm, you know, if I slur, it's just Rana being Rana. Um, and 
it tells me what the malts are, which I hadn't heard of before. Two row. So uh, I was going to make a Haudenosaunee joke there, but I don't think any Haudenosaunee people listen to our podcast. So never mind. And uh, it includes watermelon, prickly pear, lime, and malt beverage. I'm excited. We love a prickly pear sour. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it sound great for summer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's... I will mute before opening very loudly. Go ahead. Oh, no, do it. We like the, we like the crack. Um, okay, well, let's hope this one doesn't explode all over my laptop this time. Ooh. Ooh. Right into my glass. Oh, oh it's not making bitch. much noise. <laughs> um, we've got a prickly pear sour out here. Or th- maybe it's a cactus. Our friends down prickly at... Prickly pear is a cactus, yeah. Oh, you is mean it? the beer is a cactus? Wait, what are you I'm very cactus. confused. <laughs> it's a fruit on a cactus. Oh, shit. Okay. Then maybe it is the same thing. Uh, there's a really good sour from Ex Novo here in Portland. That's a prickly pear. Drink beer. Miranda, in your good. mind, oh where did prickly pears come from? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess a cactus makes sense. This shit is so good. I never would have given it any thought. Is that your first time trying it, Rana? Your yes. face, your face is like, <laughs> yo, it like lit up. <laughs> I need to have this in the summer. You know, it's like ninety-five degrees here right now, and also it has really cool art. Um, but yeah, I'm even though it was like a little overpriced, maybe not overpriced, more than I would typically buy for a four-pack of beer. I am totally gonna buy like three of them, and I bet my mom would drink half of them when she comes out here in a couple weeks. So there's no such thing as paying too much. Yes, exactly. well, there is a bunch, beer. not for good beer, like, but <laughs> so it's worth the price. Some of I'm us just saying, some of us like to buy eight beers and spend thirty five dollars. <laughs> also, at least the those beers are tall boys too. So like it, the, it's not like you're, yeah, it's. Yeah, I did have like a head on it, but then it dissolved. But I swear I poured it like a real beer. I wouldn't say I like to pay that much, Miranda. I would just say I do (laughs) do pay pay that that much. much. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, obviously it's worth it for like a local delicious small craft beer. I feel feel bad when I do it because I shouldn't be spending that much money on beer. But then the beer's really good. That's when you just make it last. No? Okay. (laughs) I can can do that. I can do that. Excellent. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Chris, do you have Wars. alcohol with your water or just water? No, just water today because, as Rana, as you mentioned, it is fucking ridiculously hot right now. Did I... And I took a nap about an hour ago, which was a great decision. Um, but now a nap I'm like at six dehydrated. or seven—that's a risky listen, choice. It's Chris. listen. It's a lifestyle. It's a commitment. That's what it is. Oh, right. You're a night owl. I forgot. You're not going to go to bed right after this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just just things I do. I don't. We'll I've, I've stopped telling people what time I go to bed hours. because then it just like makes them look at me askance when I roll into work in the morning. Um, I mean, live your best life. Yeah. Wait. Uh, but yeah, so I, it like just made me like a little dehydrated. So now I'm drinking water, trying to be it's a responsible person. Probably have a beer after, to be honest. <laughs> This is an aside that I can continue off pod, but I did I ever tell you about the time that my friend in college poured tequila in somebody's water? No. <laughs> no, but I'm intrigued. It's I oh, once knew someone who ordered classic. tequila waters at a bar and I was like, what's the point? I was like, having a, I had a tequila soda on. Well that's different. That's fine. That's, that's different. different. But a tequila water? Like what? 
Yeah, that's oh, well, bizarre. no judgment, but like it was kind of weird. I was like, why not? Okay. That's so weird. All right. I've never heard this of that. This is New York City, so life is weird there, but I don't trust them. That's like almost weirder that it's in New York. I'm surprised they got a bartender in New York to pour them that. Oh, bartenders in New York will pour you anything. It's like $17 a drink. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's they. Pre- I'm sure they did upcharge them for the water. Special New York, uh, uh, special bagel water. Bagel flavor I'm going to pretend that didn't happen. And um, what are we reading? <laughs> no, I'm just um, we are reading The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. And before we dive in. Sorry, just... I'm an asshole. No, you're no, you're perfect. Um, <laughs> Incorrect. Before we dive in, a reminder that the uh, organization that we are supporting and encouraging people to give to this month, if you are so inclined and you have the means, is Islamic Relief USA at IRUSA.org. Uh, they are working to raise funds and distribute aid to people who have been affected by violence in Palestine. And now let's dive in to the... I feel like I've used this transition every week that we've been reading this book, and I'm not going to stop now. Let's Let's dive into... You know, more fascism and evil empires. <laughs> um, so the first one we read was Amara Kell's Rules for Thai Pilot Survival, probably by Jane. Which is Wexler. the biggest mood. <laughs> the the probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's worked for me so far, but I can't make any promises here. I too will probably be dead by the end of this story. Yeah. Probably. The story was also extremely gay, which I figured you would you would be appreciative of. Hey. Yeah, it was. It was real gay. It was very funny. I really liked this one. It was, um, you know, a, a big mood where, like, usually when we're looking at the Empire or, like, seeing a story from the point of view of an Imperial from character. From a certain point of view? Jesus. Sorry. I dropped a ball there. I missed that one entirely. Um, but usually it's somebody like Tarkin, it's like an officer or someone higher up, or it's like Iden Versio, someone like who like will go to the rebellion or has some kind of significance. This is just some like run of the mill conscript who was smart enough to be like, Hey, you can go fly a tie, a tie fighter for a little bit. And then it turns out she's super queer, makes out with the other hot pilot. There was some flying and trying not to die in between, but you know, the the other pilot was like, look at my stats, and then just, like, did some cool shit, and they were like, let's make out. And honestly, what more do you need from a story? I definitely misunderstood the makeout and thought that that was a reference to shower sex, so I guess I misunderstood. I mean, well, I was like, they, wow, that's it, an that explicit mention in a Star Wars one, one, okay, Yeah, I was going to say, one can lead to like, the other. Wait a second, what famously. did I think here? Yeah, they're, they're in the shower making out. That's Yeah, I figured that it went, yeah, okay. Just completely to, chased, though. Like, completely changing the storyline. I mean, maybe there were some other people there. They weren't into that sort of oh, thing. Oh, true. I don't think they have individual showers there. This is a Disney property. <laughs> Listen... Disney censors are asleep is the mood for every Star Wars book. <laughs> Except for Resistance Reborn. I was about to say J.J. Oh. <laughs> censors Sorry, never Rebecca sleep. Roanhorse, we don't blame you. Rebecca Roanhorse. God, she tried so hard. She did, she did that for us. Did a, did a heroic job with what was given to her. Um, yes. Aside from how gay this was, which is amazing... 
what I really liked about this one is that we don't like I found it really interesting that Amara was conscripted, which is not a view that we've seen. Yeah, I feel like usually it makes sense, though. Like, I feel like we've seen uh, Thai pilots. They're like, oh, the best of the best. But also they're like, we're just cannon fodder. Like the average time in this unit's 1.6 days or weeks or whatever the fuck it is. Right. I think that's a, a Shadow Wing stat, maybe? No yeah, idea. Yeah, something Alphabet Squadron or Shadowfall, one of the two. But yeah, right. no, it is it is interesting, because usually when we see Imperial um, soldiers and pilots, we've got, like, we've got, like, two brands of people. We've got, like, you know, the true believers, the usually the rich kids who are like, yes, glory to the Empire, and rebels are bad, and we should kill them. And then we have, like... Ironically, like the Han Solos, uh, who just joined up because they were like, I would like to be not where I am right now, and flying is fun. Yeah. And it's it's just interesting to see, you know, particularly in, I think, like, you know, at least for me, speaking as, like, in our lifetime, there's never been a military draft, and this is not something that we've necessarily need to think about. It was very interesting to me how she kind of acclimates to her situation of yeah i got drafted it happens now this is what i do and i come up with funny rules because that's just what i have time to do during the day yeah it's like she can't do anything about it she's there it's her job and like all of us she makes fun of her job glory to the empire (laughs) i do wish that she could share this list with our uh our dear friend from alphabet squadron Good old Erica. I do wish she would share the don't get attached to people thing. I was thinking of Erica's weird, like, menti relationship. And I was like, girl, no attachments. I think I think it's safe to say that Amara would, like, take one look at Erica, at Erica you know, back pre-Operation Cinder before she started to feel guilty about shit. And just be like, you need to remove this gigantic stick from your ass. Yeah, 100%. Burb mm-hmm. seems to have another idea as well. Yeah, Burb, Burb, was, Burb was making motions that yeah. were not the same as what I was describing. <laughs> oh, oh my god! He admitted! I'm just saying, they could have been gay to each other. Um, I mean, they also definitely would have both. Why not both? Yeah. Girl needs to relax, you know? Um, But, like, this story, like, the dark humor in this and just, like, the making fun of the job, but it's... Like you're on a, you're assigned to a star destroyer. It's not like oh whatever you know, Billy Bob does this. It's like, so it's great. We, Captain Nita can't get mad at us because we got back and he was dead. Because <laughs> Darth Vader killed him. Fantastic. Let's go make out some more. I was like, yeah, love this for you. Like not the whole fascism thing, but you got good jokes. If only we had those. <laughs> if <good> only. Jokes. <laughs> the irony is that no one laughed at my jokes. So <laughs> Prove my own point. I chuckled. I gave. I gave it a solid, like hearty chuckle. It's all right. I understand. That was the uh, whole point. So. The other thing that I just found interesting about Amara is like, and this kind of gets back to what I was saying about like how she just kind of gets through the day as somebody who was conscripted is that. She's just very impersonal to everyone. And, uh, you know, it, it, it 
we see by the end that she was kind of full of shit with her don't get attached rule. But it's a little hypocritical. Yeah, just a touch. But like she is very impersonal about like this. These are my squad mates. You know, uh, I don't even remember what her squad was named, but like TIE Fighter 22, TIE Fighter 46, my my good friends. And like <laughs> she, you know, she was like, you know, describing the battle when she was like, yeah, a pesky little A-wing got behind me. So I blew it up and then I kept flying and then other things like no accounting for even though she knows, obviously, that they're rebels. They're, it's very impersonal and dehumanized. But she Doesn't she call them, like, Joe the Rebel way. at one point? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I just, I, I loved that little bit. <clears throat> yeah, she's just, I mean, and, like, she has to be, you know? They're all gonna die. That's the whole point here. It's a star war, Mon Mothma. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, it, she's not going to be out there trying to make friends with Dragon Ball Z or whoever the fuck shows up fresh out of basic. Like, I can fly a plane. And she's like, you're going to crash into something. Yeah. But th- but then she's like, let's go make out. It's fine. I'm not attached. Burb clearly had one specific thing stand up to her in this story. I really like this story. No, it is a really good one. It, it was very good. It was very funny. Yeah. And very gay. And that's fine. That's good makes it all better listen probably is one of those words where if you see it in a title like that it sets the tone for the book yeah for <laughs> or sure. for the story or for whatever piece of media it is yeah yeah she had that vibe right from the start we loved it it was a good one all right let's turn on to a much let's let's turn on to a much less let's continue on i'm it's like i got nothing. Did the gay story chris go yeah home. clearly uh let's continue to a story that was not funny um, and not charming. Uh, and that is Disturbance by Mike Chen. It's a weird one. It's, it's, yeah, I, I didn't. It's, it's, it's got oh. some weird force shit for sure. Yes. Yeah. Not the weirdest force shit we saw in this like section of stories, true. but still some weird force shit and like weird force dreams. But he's seeing the dreams, and it's not his dream, and, like, little Luke Skywalker's got a fucking red saber. Short for, um, lightsaber, for those of you <laughs> If you didn't know. If you're not familiar with Star Wars. I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> just, just, just totally threw me off. Um, I did say this would be a shit post-filled episode. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Can confirm. Before we even started recording, Rana was just like, the shitpost energy is really good right now. Do I have the force? No. But, yes. You know. The shitpost force. It's not how the force works, Rana. Shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> um, anyone, yeah, sorry. I do love that even Anakin's dreams are extra. Yeah. Well, of course they are. If you had all your like body parts burned off in lava and all that shit and you killed children, you'd probably have traumatic dreams too i mean fair he he did not go to space therapy ever he was just Mm -hmm. like what if instead of space therapy i go kill all these people on tatooine and then i go kill all these younglings in the jedi temple and then when i get the rest of my limbs chopped off um i'm just gonna ignore that and like get some cool cyborg stuff and then i'll kill everyone who works for me exactly like yeah it's that's a great idea. Ten points to Anakin. 
Don't forget he has his own egg, too. <laughs> I was going to say, what if instead of therapy, I sit an egg? <laughs> egg. <laughs> um, I do love... The, so one thing that I, I like, just like a very small continuity thing that I enjoy from this story is Palpatine's little, like, chamber of evil below what used to be the Jedi Temple is mentioned very briefly in Tarkin, uh, the novel by James Lucina that we read a while back. And then also, I suspect it's like from where he accesses the world between worlds in Rebels, because he's in a uh, like dark room with like a very like Wizard of Oz cauldron situation. So I like I like that we're getting more of a view of what Palps kind of does with his time. Daddy Palps on his off days. I mean, we did learn that apparently he fucks, so just kidding. Clones or something. Somehow. Somehow. Palpatine fucks. Hashtag Palpatine fucks. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, kind of going to the weird Force shit, it was just, I found it very interesting that we got, like, this view of the Force as kind of simultaneously this, like, incredibly strong natural Force, but also, like almost sentient in its own right. Yeah, I liked the back and forth of, like, how he navigated or, like, wrestled with it and then letting it overcome him and then pushing back and then being like, oh, shit, I can't do anything about this. Like, I don't know. I had, I don't know that I fully understood it in that capacity or that I thought about it in that type of a relationship, so it was interesting to see it from that perspective, especially from someone who so openly, like, craves power. I didn't read too deep into this one, gonna say. I just liked the part where he was like, This is Anakin's dream or Vader's dream. Look at this. It's it's like I know this voice, this weird little kid walking around with a red lightsaber. Who the fuck could that be? Oh, my murder son. Got it. Yeah, it was interesting. I don't know as many times as I've seen Empire Strikes Back, which is a lot. Um I was not sure that I had imagined that Vader made that connection first. Like, I know Palpatine says, like, search your feelings, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't, like, really put together that he already knew that. I thought it was like, oh, that makes sense. So to see Vader have a dream about all this shit, I was like, oh, I misunderstood this movie. I thought I had seen far more times than any human being should admit to. So <laughs> No, and, and, and in your defense, that's also, like, very much a new canon thing, I think, where it's... I know we, we don't really read the Marvel comics, but I think way back in the day when we first started this and before we blacklisted Marvel from our podcast, we did read kind of the first arc of the Kieran Gillen Darth Vader series that came out in, I don't know, 20 some odd, seven, 16, 17. Um, and it showed Vader kind of learning who the rebel who blew up the Death Star was and kind of realizing what had happened and going on, you know, oh. one of his patented Vader death rampages. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I never read that. So yeah. yeah and then, he, and, then and, and then trying to find him and yeah, trying to find him and, and keep it, keep his existence from the emperor. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds interesting. If, uh, if the Marvel star Wars comics weren't, you know, problematic. Yeah. I, would read it. I want to read a summary. I'll go find a summary. On that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, or I'll listen to old book wars. Pods there, there was an episode on it. it. Yeah, I'll I listen mean, to that. I don't know that I would recommend that, but <laughs> um, but kind of just to go back to what Rana was saying about like 
about seeing like how the force kind of operates. I also really enjoyed seeing how dark side users interact with the force because we get plenty of, um, you know, like we always get plenty of uh, descriptions of how the Jedi view the force and it's balance. And you're always trying to kind of go with the flow, so to speak, and to continue with this metaphor of, of the tides that we saw in this story. Um, but it was really interesting to me to see Palpatine just straight up be like, no, like the force is something to be controlled and you need to actively assert your will against it and like literally control the tides of the force, so to speak. That, and I just, that's I found that interesting enough view that we shit. haven't really seen. Also, I, I don't see how that could ever fully work for you. Like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I was going to come up with a whole metaphor and then I realized this is a shit post pod and we have no place for such a thing. So I'm just going to say, okay. <laughs> It's true. You were on the verge of trying way too hard for this podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to do a whole comparison to the ocean. So not necessary. Um, also, like as so as as my, you know, entire life's existence is to just like laugh at Anakin and just like I roll at him. Does do how do y'all interpret his vision? Like, do you think he sees like turning Luke to the dark side as his like ultimate redemption? I don't. I don't know if I would say that. I mean, first of all, it's just really cool to see what he dreams about. I'm like, you are not over that time that you kind of killed your wife, but the emperor kind of killed your wife, but you were really mad at her. Sadness. But then she was just sad. Yeah. She lost the will to live. Um, okay. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I mean, maybe, but I think the fact that like, he's dreaming about Luke and like Padme is also there like that the kind of you know having a family aspect leads me to be like maybe it's not because like you know the Sith are all there can only be two of us and you know one has to kill the other and you know he wants to have his happy little dark side family yeah I kind of took it as like a fantasy of like what the perfect situation for him would be Except I don't he's think still they... on the dark side. Yes. Well, I don't think he really has any intention to leave that at this point. Like, well, I think no. that's just who he is. But, you know, you can only force choke people so many times. But um, I just kind of felt like more on the verge of that's what his, like, ideal situation would be. Even And maybe it was even, like, symbolic of, like, Padme would approve of him, like rekindling his rekindling his relationship with his son but no that's not a thing um but you know uh building any sort of like family and positive values no he doesn't have positive values what am i saying what i'm saying is uh that was just sort of the way that i took it was like oh um you know oh this is something that she might approve of oh he's still really heartbroken about all that shit uh murder's not really patching that wound but (laughs) He has a child, so maybe they can overthrow the Emperor, who's kind of partially responsible for it. It might have been a vision. I don't fucking know. I thought it was a dream. Yeah, I took it as, like, a dream fantasy. But Oh, I mean, I mean, it was absolutely, like, a dream fantasy. I think, to me, the, the part that struck me as, like, what is Vader thinking here is the fact that he was Anakin in the dream as opposed to Vader. And to mm, me, yeah. that was, like, almost like a, you know, like how at the end of Return of the Jedi where... George Lucas leads us to believe that he's redeemed and he shows up as Anakin Force Ghost, whether that's old Anakin Force Ghost or Hayden Christensen Force Ghost. And I 
so to me i was like i read it and i was almost like so does he like have this like evil perverted view of his redemption where he's like and my only mistake was that I didn't care enough about my family while I was murdering everybody else. <laughs> and like he's like and this is the thing that will redeem for me or or is it or is it just a dream and and he just doesn't dream of himself as a monster because he likes to have one good thing in his sad little existence. His existence? existence? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so I'd better tell Keeks. <laughs> oh god, I just had a point. What the fuck was it? Oh yeah, he's like no, I, I fucking... God damn it, Chris. Your existence joke. Um, <laughs> part of it, yeah, it's like, you know, he wants to be his his big, happy murder family. Um, I also... I, I'm i not going to remember what that point was, but I did think it's really interesting, you know, that, like, like you just said, he's um, dreaming about being Anakin. And I'm like, this is one of the, like, most closely held secrets in the Empire. And you're just openly dreaming about it, where any old, you know, Sith Lord could come along and I mean, snoop in on your dreams. <laughs> but is that a secret because Vader doesn't want people to know that? Or is that just a secret because once you become a Sith, you leave behind your previous identity? Oh, is that a thing? I don't know. I, I don't just know. I just like that. I know, like, in Tarkin. I make up fake shit all the time, so. <laughs> including and, in my own life. And in everything else, everyone's like, you know, this Vader guy seems familiar. You get a Sith confirmation name. <laughs> oh, God. Baptized in lava. <clears throat> I just realized baptizing is not a confirmation, but. You know what, Catholics? Listen, I wouldn't have called you on it. You. I, yeah, that, that slipped right by me. Kate's, Kate's not here. Mods asleep, dunk on Catholicism. Yeah, my my parents both kind of left Catholicism, so I don't have to learn about it, which is great. I think this week especially, or this and last week, normally I'd always say, you know, fuck the Catholic Church. But considering recent events, fuck the Catholic Church. Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway, Darth Vader continues to be sad. Always. He's a sad boy. Sad boy Vader. Big if true. Um, Let's talk about worms, shall we? Yes, please. I really like this one. Go for it. No one else. Go for it. Talk about it for 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 listeners who are not reading along with us. This is this is no cave by Cat Valente. I don't know why I like this one. Of course, the other one I liked a lot was the one by Mark Oshiro. So clearly, I like these stories about like creatures that are misunderstood and need to kill people. I hope that doesn't say much about me. Maybe I should bring it up in therapy. Um, but I don't think I'm that creature. Anyways. I really like this. This story was from the perspective of um, the asteroid worm thing. Um, and it was real sad. Like, real, real, at least to be, it was like sad worm vibes. Um, my friend in real life likes to joke. I said in real life. I'm sorry. I don't know why. But my friend always jokes when her people say hot, hot girl summer. And then she says sad girl vibes. Um, and I always think it's really funny. So that's where that came from. Anyways. Uh, so what was I saying? Keeks, can we cut that? I'm sorry. I'm like, my brain's not working. Um, I'll consider it. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, producer, (laughs) whatever you say. Um, anyways, yeah, it, it kind of broke my heart a little bit because the worm like thinks of everything it ingests as being kept safe and like creating a new family. And 
these things are safe from the dangers of space. And I don't know, I just thought it was very heartbreaking. And then at the end, the worm is like, I'm sorry, I treated you badly. It's like gaslighting itself. And it's like, I was the problem here. Like, please don't leave. Why did I make you mad when they're shooting it? I don't know. It just hurts my heart a little bit. And then, you know, what hurt my heart the most was that in the Ray Sloan story, we find out that the Minox died and like that thing loved the Minox. So I don't know, yo, poor little sad worm. And that's my take. Yeah, that worm wanted to be friends, but they were having no part of it. Like they had shit to do. That worm is not friend shaped, to be fair. Correct. It's funny that that worm has shipping opinions. Like you're a worm. Calm down. <laughs> You don't need to get involved in the betting pool. Hanlea ship is worm approved. <laughs> Apparently, based on this story. But yeah, no, it was, I just like, it, like one of the like saddest parts, but also one of the most fascinating parts is like, just like obviously in a book called From a Certain Point of View, we're going to get these questions of perspective, but these questions of friends, don't go, stay, I'm, I'll make it better. Do you want me to get rid of the Minox? I can get rid of the Minox. Be my friend. Like it was just, it's like. It's like heartbreaking in a way, like you were saying, Rana. Like just, just this, this, this sad, lonely worm whose whose fellow worms don't really like it. Yeah, the fact that like the worm is alive for like a billion years and like has no worm friends, that's it's kind of fucked. It's just like I'm so alone. These small things seem so not alone. They have not aloneness together. It's sad. Sad worm vibes indeed. Man, that's just that's just it's just life, man. <laughs> um let's go from sad worm vibes to boss bitch vibes. Boss bitch. Bitch. Ray Sloan is smarter than you. And she fucking knows it. She fucking oh, knows it. We love it. Yep. More Ray Sloan, please. Always. Always more Ray Sloan. I just, God bless John Jackson Miller. Just, just, every time he writes Ray Sloan, I'm like, it's just chef's kiss. Um, so let's let's kick this discussion of this story off with actually a listener question that we got from uh, cameraman Travis on Twitter, uh, frequent question, frequent listener and question questioner question sender. I don't know question, question asker question asker. Um, what do you think Vader sees in Sloan to give her the new command when the rest of the Empire holds her down? He's fucking smart. He doesn't give a fuck who she's, like, friends with. He's like, oh, you a boss-ass bitch? You're going to wipe the floor with this new admiral here? Let's go. Have this Star Destroyer. You're welcome. Yeah, I think he likes the way that, one, she handled her shit and was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, do, do we really think Vader cares about the chain of command? No. He cares about force choking, and that's like 99% of his daily thoughts. Um, yeah. I... 99% that, 1%. Padme, where'd you go? Exactly. Oh, sad domestic violence issues. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, a thing that I forgot what I was saying. I'm so sorry, Geeks. No, I think I'll... I'll... I'll kind of pick up where I think you were going and, and definitely interrupt me and jump in if you if you remember. But uh, I, I think what both of you said is exactly right, where like Vader is ironically the single member of the Empire who is least corrupted by status in a way. 
Like, he only cares about competence. Now, it's the competence to murder as many people as you can in a short period of time. Still but counts. It's l- listen, we all have a bar, <laughs> and that's Vader's. And, and yeah, I think, you know, something that he has kind of always seen in her, you know, going back to when he first met her back in, in JJM's first short story where he introduced her that I think we read when we read Lords of the Sith. Um, but she basically like rats out her uh, commanding officer for like giving bad hyperspace coordinates and trying to kill them all. And like, and so he is like, this is a person who is going places and just cares about getting the job done. And if I can tell her what, if, if I can get her to do the job I want her to do, then I trust that she'll be able to get it done better than, you know, fucking Piet who just wants his nephew's command. Yeah. And like, it's interesting too, because, you know, he, like you said, he's the one person who's not corrupted by the idea of like the power structures, but he's also outside of that imperial hierarchy. Like he's got a role and everyone knows it, but he doesn't have like a rank, you know, he's not walking around in his imperial Navy uniform. Everyone just kind of listens to him because the emperor likes him and he'll fucking force choke you if you don't listen or if you fuck up. Mm-hmm. So there's there's nothing binding him to like having to make, you know, political, politically sound decisions. He's like, you're good at murder. Would you like this murder machine? I know that Vader is a villain, of course, but given his own history pre lava, um, is there any any possibility that he has like a little bit of a uh, not a soft side, but like a, definitely no soft side? Um, but well, He's made a, of metal, but, right? But I mean, like a um, like a weak spot for the fact that he himself was like someone who was, you know, denied responsibilities and the things he wanted in life. Like when he sees, like you know, the fact that he was there for that whole conversation, and he's seeing Piet like shit all over Ray Sloan and say like, "You're gonna die! You're gonna die! You made bad choices." Does do you think there's any part of him that's like, "Hey, I remember that shit"? No, probably not, right? Because you know, lava, but. I mean, he's still curious. probably mad that he never made master. That's what I'm thinking. Like you were <laughs> no, trying totally. to see. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're. I think you're right on, Rana. Ah, never thought I'd hear it before. He would never let that shit Where go. Are my air horns, yo. It's okay. Wah, 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 wah. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's all right. It means nothing. Please know that I like wanted that to be a sad trombone air horn. That but... would have worked too, or crickets. Do we do we have a crickets drop? Because that would be very useful. Um, we should have a crickets drop, but then it would be hard to cut all of our awkward silences. True. That's true. You'd have to pick where to place it, and that would be difficult. Uh, but yeah, no, Rana, I think you're totally right that it is like, you know, even if it's it's less like sympathy for you know the people who aren't like people who are unappreciated, and more just like I was unappreciated, and the result was all the Jedi died. So I'm going to make sure that smart people are appreciated like as like a because it's like a, you know, smart thing, right thing to do air quotes. Um, I absolutely think that that drives him. I think it's yeah. more like I I was smart and did smart things and I didn't get it, which is bullshit. And you're smart and do smart things. I don't think he cares about the Jedi dying all that much. He kind of yeah. uh, gave that up a while back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
definitely. Any more thoughts? I have so many thoughts. Ray Sloan is so fucking smart. She's good at everything she does. She's like, they keep sending me on these bullshit missions to like check out the new, you know, transport ships or whatever. But then on the way back, I found this and this and this. And oh, these Minox are dead, which means that they were recently dead. This one's got blaster marks on it. So this is actually what happened. You, sir, Admiral Piet, fucked up and let them go. Like, she figures it out in a span of, like, a couple hours that the Millennium Falcon was literally right there. And Pete's just like, what? Yeah, she's brilliant. I love it. Nita didn't tell me about this. I'm going to be very interested to see if she ever runs into Thrawn in the canon. Because, you know, to to our knowledge, she hasn't... (laughs) To our knowledge, she hasn't in the past... Um, but like we know that she this. is around and helping to form. I'm sorry. Did you say something? I need it. Oh, um, like we know that she's around and helping form the first order. Um, and we know that Thrawn is out there somewhere and, you know, going to be found in, uh, Star Wars Ahsoka TM. Um, but so like they exist at the same time in the same timeline and she is like, one of the very few people who like does it, who he hasn't already like collected to work for him that like, I feel like really kind of follows his deductive reasoning train of thought. And like maybe with a little more like lived experience, political expertise thrown in there than he has, he's very like classroom book smarts, but like, I feel like they would be, either like very strong allies or like very bitter enemies. And since we still don't know like what Thrawn's endgame is per se, like it'll be interesting to see how that runs up against, you know, the the, the growing of the first order out in the unknown regions. I, I wanna read it. I wanna see it. I, I wanna, wanna know all about it. I would give so much money for it. I want them to be friends, but like can you imagine them as like enemies like you said, just playing fucking space chess with the galaxy? No, that's 60 chess. Mm. Sorry, reference to last week. But no, I want I want him to be like, oh, she's smart. Let me collect her. This is Eli Vantos. Have you met him? Another happy landing. Also, I feel like by that point in her career, if Thrawn tried to collect her, she'd be like, bitch, who are you? Like, I feel like <laughs> she'd be like, um, I will collect you, sad little blue man. <laughs> sad little blue man. Sorry, Keeps. <laughs> Just like Hondo. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, just Ray Sloan. Yeah. Look what look what she does to us all the time. Just 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 warm warm feelings. Um not to be confused with sad worm feelings. Not to be confused <laughs> with sad worm vibes. For sure. Um, let's talk about caves, shall we? Speaking of weird force shit. Yeah. Weird force shit. Can I just say, reading this book, and it's in this story, it's in the Worm story, it's in like the Tauntaun, the Wampa and the Tauntaun stories, I don't think we give enough credit, you know, 40 years after the fact, to what a fucking weird movie Empire Strikes Back was. Hey, it's one of my favorites, okay? No, Not just it's, Star it's, Wars of all time. It's like, fantastic. Give me that weird it shit. a phenomenal film that like stands the test of time. But like you look back at original Star Wars and it's very much like a very tried and true, you know, kind of medieval chivalrous story that happens to take place in space. Yeah. 
And then you have this one, which is just fucking weird. I mean, it still makes way more sense than the fucking Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> so, so you know, it's so true. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, if I don't say that, they're gonna drop me from pod. It's the, true. The it's it's this... Ron is the only one with a contract, and it's the contract states that she <laughs> has to the dunk only on Rise contract. of Skywalker. Yeah, that's the only week. thing in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> We're not paying her anything for it. She just has to do it. I don't know how we got her to sign it, to be honest. I work in nonprofit. I'm not known for my contract <laughs> abilities. <laughs> We pay her in air horns. <laughs> Amazing. Goes right to my bank account. Oh my God. Sorry, I'm way off topic. The, the little What's plot new? of this story is a, for, a weird force cave befriends Yoda. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> I'm here for it. Like, Yoda needs his friends on this little planet. And though he wants to, you know, talk to the force ghosts and whatever, fine. He needs to meditate. But um, I don't know. I, I clearly have a problem because I like all of these stories that are not from human perspectives and have like some dark undertones. But I thought it was a good story. I didn't know the history of Dagobah like being a place that lots of Jedi went and then left. I didn't know that until this story. Um, Chris, is that in the canon somewhere else? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, cool. Well, now I feel slightly less like people on the internet can say I don't like Star Wars. Um, I mean, they can, but they'd be wrong. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I didn't really care about its interactions with Luke, whatever. But I loved its little, like, ooh, this little green guy is coming back. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I liked how sassy the cave was. Like, when Luke rolled up, the cave's like, this piece of shit is an easy fucking target. Oh, you have daddy issues? Oh my god, it's your face. What? <laughs> yeah. The dark side isn't even evil at all. It just wants to fuck with you. Yeah. It's actually its own shitpost. It's chaotic neutral. (laughs) By definition, it's like chaotic evil, right? But, well, no, it is chaotic neutral. Never mind. You know what? Ignore me. Muting. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I just love the concept of, and then one day George Lucas wrote down on a piece of paper, frog puppet takes boy to ghost cave. That's it, folks. That's Star Wars. That's gold. <laughs> Cinema gold. <laughs> and that's my favorite one. Um, but no, I love, uh, in addition to like how like fucking weird, but also like completely on branded it is that Yoda would befriend a cave. Um, I also love that like this is another one where we kind of get a meaning of like the darkness versus the balance. And like we definitely saw the darkness aspect of that in, in Mike Chen's story about Palpatine, but this one, like, you kind of see the cave embracing its darkness, and, like, and it's, you know, I think also, like, definitely a commentary on how you're treated by people, because he's like, the Dark One's called me dark, so I guess I'm evil. Um, uh, but then Yoda's just like, yeah, you're just, you're there, you're there, bro cave, like, you're, you're, the, <laughs> you're, you're just the force, and you know, you have darkness like any of us do, and you show us what our darkness is mm-hmm. because that's your weird little kink, but it yeah, helps but... us grow stronger. Yeah, he's like, you show us the dark stuff that we need to face, but like, we need to do this. So thank you. Thank you, Cave, for being a friend. <laughs> is the cave actually just space therapy? Yeah, it's space and therapy. And that's why Yoda is the only one who has a peaceful passing. <laughs> 
I wouldn't call it peaceful when he's got to deal with fucking Luke there. Sure. Yes. I always think of that <laughs> meme that's like, you never understand why Yoda dies in Return of the Jedi until you have a little kid asking you 500 questions. <laughs> so true. But I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. See, I died right there. <laughs> Wait, speak. did you ever see the meme where it's like, you know, Ray goes to, she's on Tatooine at the end of um, Rise of Skywalker and like she goes to Tashi Station and the guy's like, Skywalker, you say? And just like, <laughs> is so excited because he's got all these fucking power converters. No, I've never seen this, but I'm really I enjoying it. I might be this making this up. I've seen it. I'm somewhere. imagining it and I, I like it more than any actual meme. So. No, I've I've seen it too. It's it's excellent, Burb. <laughs> I'm going to Google this now. Much better than when I accidentally Googled the three-way beer and on my work laptop. <laughs> like, three-way beer organ. <laughs> So let's look up this instead. Amazing. Um, let's keep it. Let's keep it in nature and talk about lizards. With Tooth and Claw by Michael. Cog-y? I was about to do a cog. I'm not entirely sure Cog-y. how this individual pronounces their name. I don't know. Good question. Tooth and Claw by Michael. Michael K. <laughs> Not to be confused with the racist Michael K in Canada. I think that's his name, right? Well, never mind. Natives know. If I'm wrong, I don't really care. There you go. I trust Anyways, you. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I just talk to myself on the pod. What do you think Chris does all day? Like, Yeah. Are you, are you new here? Yes. Oh, no. My comment was just going to be, I was about to make a lizard noise, but I don't know what lizards sound like. <laughs> Isn't it just like a little tongue flicker? Just like, yeah, just like drawn out S's. Like a hiss? Sure. Yeah. Imagine with a little like... <laughs> that's, wait, that's for cats. Never mind. It's funny. Anytime I think of Bosk, I just think of um, Battlefront 2, um, the video game, where when you play as Bosk in, in multiplayer, like, you know, they all have their little like catchphrases that they say whenever they spawn, you know, like video game characters do. But Bosk's is just like really overexcited <laughs> that's what, how i'm gonna describe it? it it's like i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do the impression because because you know we're we're trying to not Boo. lose all our listeners here Boo. but it's just is like, it a human word is it like a sound no it's it's like him saying like my name is bosk yes which is Love like that. a a plus writing but b <laughs> i'm googling this right now it's it's just it's it made it made me uncomfortable as a as a as a bystander. I think that's Bosk's whole job. Yeah, I mean, this... not wrong. This was a weird one. It was too long, but I kind of liked it. Not like enough it kind of... to justify the length. <laughs> it kind of felt like an old EU story, like something I would have read like twenty years ago when I was like a little kid reading EU books. I don't know, something was wrong with me back then, and still now, but. <laughs> I remember like a lot of stories about maybe I'm making this up, but anyways, it just gave me those vibes of like it's a little bit too long. It was kind of written in a way that like was very heavy handed about like this is Star Wars, this is Star Wars, this is Star Wars. Like, yes, we know this is Star Wars. So I don't know. It just gave me very like EU vibes in that sense. Um it was a little longer than needed, it was kind of fucked up and also like it just repeated the same things, but it was highly entertaining. So I'm not trying to shit on it. Like, it was entertaining, but it just, yeah, definitely EU vibes for me. 
it's very funny because literally the day like I read this story earlier that day, I read a like Twitter thread from John Jackson Miller about like, you know, like, you know, people like people ask, like, how do you write for Star Wars? And like Star Wars in particular is like really something where like the easy trap to fall into is to like create words and create terminology. And like he goes into these examples of like he does like these are two different ways to say the same thing. And one of them was uh, Kanan looked at the light of the, you know, Tritary star system and, uh, you know, his his ocular, you know, lenses uh, were overloaded. And so he uh, covered them with his, you know, with like some sort of biological implementation, some shit. And then like the, the second way to say it is Kanan blinked. <laughs> and so I read that thread and I loved it. And then that night I read this story and I was like, yeah, this is this is not written by John Jackson Miller. It's big um, Star Wars vibes, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, very extra in that kind of way. I do really want to go on that ship. Like, yeah. I didn't know anything about Wookiee ships. And the fact that they have, like, a forest inside, that shit is dope. And then the fact that they said it, like, the whole thing looks like you're cast in amber because of the light of the wood. Like, I don't know. I want that ride on Galaxy's Edge. That'd be cool. Everything Wookiees do is just so cool. Correct. <laughs> I... I have, like, no sense of how big any of these ships are. So I thought it was going to be smaller, but then there was, like, you know, this room and this room, and then there are just a ton of Wookiees on it. Like, I think 10 Wookiees, including the, the little BBs? Something like that. Yeah, some large number. Lots, lots of space. Lots of trees. <laughs> Indeed. Um... What I was going to say earlier is just that, like, I feel like Star Wars, like, and this is, like, I definitely think an EU thing and also very much a Tim Zahn thing. Um, and the fact that, like, we had George Lucas and then we had nothing and then we had Tim Zahn setting the tone for everything else. But I feel like George Lucas was, like, for the most part, not overly concerned with, like, making the science and terminology work. And that's, like, very yeah. much a, like, 90s Midichlorians? Yeah. And like very much it's, a '90s sci-fi vibe that like that like kind of defined yeah. that era, uh, that era of like white men writing sci-fi, like Ender's Game, like the whole that whole situation, and like so I'm with you. Like this felt very EU to me, but like to me that all that takes me out of Star Wars a little bit whenever authors do that. All right, cool. Any other thoughts on this one? Cool. No. This is where the cicadas go. This is where... This, <laughs> they're crickets. This is where, this is where no, the cicadas They should go. be cicadas. Um, Let's be real. Oh my god, I really didn't mean to type that. I was, you know, the G and the F are right next to each other, and it's really unfortunate. No, if you'd, if you'd meant to type it, it wouldn't be funny. It's funny because you didn't mean to type it. It's very uh, clear what you were trying to type. <laughs> Um, let's I wrap it up. so bad. I saw everyone's face. Anyway, sorry, Keek. You can delete me. Wait, just like, the face? Oh, Keek, it's a slur. Okay. Oh my God. Never. Okay. It's fine. Uh, so good. Life. Our listeners will never know, but it was funny. Just They'll know that. They'll never know. Um, I, yeah, I felt some deep shame in my stomach for that. Let's wrap up the last fest with DJ Older, shall we? We love DJ Older. DJ Older. What it's funny because we were all talking like before the 
before we started recording, we do the 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 minimal amount of effort does go into these pods, and we were talking about which stories we wanted to to discuss because um, you know the past few weeks there have just been a couple where we're like nobody had any thoughts on this, um, and we were all like we really liked DJO's story, but we also have nothing to really say about it because it's just very self contained and funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's very like self explanatory. Like, I don't yeah. think I would add anything interesting yeah, to it. It's, it's like anything it, I would try to add, they'd be like, yeah, that was explicit. Yeah. And that, it's, it's like self-contained story, a good time, fun little comedic adventure, right? And a fun little romp for the kids at home. And then at the end, there's like the bounty hunters part. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, this is a Star Wars. Um, I liked I liked the format. Like the, you know, it's... The Microsoft Word comments. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We can pretend like it's Clippy showing up to help out. Um, <laughs> like, I, I really like that that's something that um, the authors are able to do here, like, in these kind of, you know, short story anthologies is, like, play with, you know, how they're telling their story. We saw it um, in the original From a Certain Point of View for Star Wars A New Hope with like the um the little mouse droid one um there was a story that we kind of skipped in one of the last episodes because it was literally just like a comic that was like super fun um i don't know it's just something cool about this medium yeah definitely it was it was one of the more i think i mean i don't want to say one of the more creative ones because a lot of these have been super creative like telling a story from the perspective of a cave but like it's it's definitely something that we have not seen before in a very good way Yes. All right. Let's instead of weird for shit, we're just going to end it on weird, weird writing shit, I guess. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Good weird. Exactly. We, lo- we love DJ and this family. We do. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Uh, next week, we're going to continue reading uh, Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. This book is fucking long. Like, in a good way. No, totally in a good way, but like I think this might be the first book that we've that we're gonna have spent like six weeks on by the end of it. Mm. It's like a five hundred plus page book. Anyway, we're gonna be reading Wait for It through Best Bin Escape. And in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Bookwars Pod, on the Tashi Station Radio Patreon, and you can email us bookwarspod at gmail.com. Uh, if you have the means, first of all, please donate to Islamic Relief USA. And then if you want to and, you know, want to make bad decisions, you can help us as well and give us money either via the Tosh Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookhorsepod. It really helps us cover our hosting and production costs and helps us save money to give Argo, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony the love, toys, and food and affection that they all deserve. Uh, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design. And our audio and production are done by our very own Kristen McDonald. For Miranda, oh, I almost said Marana. Miranda, Rana, Kristen, Who and Kate. The fuck? Is that how you view women, Chris? <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm Chris. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Did you just imply we're not going to love our bets if they don't donate? <laughs> No, I implied. No, no, no. I implied that we would be poor and our pets would starve if they didn't donate. Very critical.